What's up, everybody? Welcome to Press YYZ, your number one video game podcast brought to you by Canadians, for Canadians, and everybody else. You can find us on Twitter at Press YYZ, where we appreciate any feedback you may have. I'm your host for today, Mitch George, joined by the victorious AJ Fraser. How much booze have you had so far? Far, far too much. The film baby, Alex Ballant. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if that's going to apply anymore because I don't know what's happening with my school because I'm pretty sure it's on fire. How's it going, everybody? And our head of HR, Nathan McInerney. How's it going? McInerney. Shit, I messed it up again. My bad. It's all good. You'll eventually (laughs) get there. Eventually, we will get there. Eventually. (laughs) So, other than me, who is using this as their first chance to talk face-to-face with another human being for the first time in a few days? I don't know if this counts as face-to-face, necessarily. It's more face-to-face contact than I've had since last weekend. (laughs) Does it count if I talk to my family? Yes. Then no. Yeah, remember, I live alone. Mm. Oh, rip. I thought you had a fiancé. I do. So, funny story behind that. Uh You don't anymore. (laughs) No, no, I still do. Sorry to hear this. We'll see if the wedding is still on or not, but that's more of a wedding venue issue than our issue. Mm-hmm. No, so she, I've been off working remotely since the Tuesday of this past week, and she had to work in the office up until uh, today, the day of recording, so the day after, but she's also still been at home with her family, who one is a nurse, one is a concierge at a condo, and one works in a bank. Oh, like, oh. So all three of them are in high traffic areas, high higher risk areas for, you know, transmission of disease. So we've made the decision that if she's going to be working from her parents, that she's going to stay there and we're going to be socially distancing ourselves until the end of what could be a uh, bit of a prolonged period, depending that, on how things play out. That does not sound fun. Also, it's when you're, not. Also, when you're listing the jobs, it sounds like a setup for a joke. I'm not that funny. I'm not that witty. It's just what it is. (laughs) No. So, yeah, we've been in for a bit. It's been a bit of a weird week, uh, all things considered. The world is on fire. For everybody in the world. Introverted gamers like ourselves are actually relishing time to go through their backlogs. So, guys, what have you been playing this week while we've been socially distancing ourselves? Well, I mean, speaking of backlog, I've had very little time this whole year to actually play video games. So this is like... This week, I've gone absolutely insane playing games. Um, To list a couple, I played through... I finally started Halo Combat Evolved on PC, because it came to PC. Oh, congrats. Yeah, I played it. I played it through on Heroic so far. I'm doing a Legendary run. That game is so good. It's so much better on PC as well. Like, just it's... I think the reason why I think I like it more is because it feels faster and because it's a higher frame rate, which I know in the Xbox One it's 60 frames, but on my PC I can have it to unlimited, so it can get up to about two to 300, so it's really, really fast. And also just the FOV. FOV is like the is the godsend of, of first-person shooters because the wider it is, the faster the game feels because more of the environment is going around, and it just... I've been really digging Halo um, this week. I've... Yeah, I've been really, really enjoying that. Is Halo older than you are? Uh, no, I'm actually older than it by like Whoa. two years. Wow. Yeah, I know. God. It's been 
Halo Combat Evolved has a very special place in my heart because it is the game, the first game I ever remember playing, and it's the game I grew up with, along with Halo 2, of course, but Halo 2 came out a little bit after. But, like, Halo 1 has always been there, and so it's always going to be special to me. And I love Every it. time we talk about Halo and you talk about how close it came out to your date of birth, I feel so fucking old. <laughs> really? I, I, yeah, Nathan, if I feel old, I don't know how that makes you feel. I was I was working at Radio Shack in my early 20s when that hit shelves. Wow. Wow. I, I was 11. So, so I would have been just a little younger than you, AJ. I would have been nine when it came out. So Nathan, wow. you're at the same. You're you would be about the same age that I am now. Let's just put it into some real perspective. Yes, probably. Is oh, Nathan God. as old as your parents? Um, I don't know. I don't know if we want to talk about age. N- Nathan, <laughs> I don't think so. are 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 your kids older now than AJ or than Alex was when Halo came out? Yes, if, if he was two. So yeah. your kids are older than he was when Halo came out. Yeah, because they're nine, seven, and about to be five. Yeah. How does that feel? Damn. (laughs) (laughs) So let's change topics so we don't feel so old. Nathan, what have you been up to this week? Um, Basically, still trying to figure work stuff out. Obviously, with the coronavirus issues going on, we're trying to figure out what that looks like for me in a place where I go and do visits. But in some of my downtime, I've picked up uh, everybody's golf again. It's a game where I've put probably over 300 plus hours into it, and it's the game that keeps on giving. So, definitely, uh, if you haven't played it, it's a recommendation. Yeah, I I put a bit of time into it. I got it on sale a while ago. I really, I mean, I say this about almost everything. I need to get back to it. (laughs) But the backlog just continues to grow, and I continue to not have enough time to play video games. But, AJ, have you had some time to game that all this week? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've played a, a, a game uh, in the past week, uh, not too much else. Um, uh, just, well, since, since the last recording, um, you know, I watched a, a couple movies as well. Uh, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is oh, the... very um, nice. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's such a good movie. It's yeah. the Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers movie. It's um it, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's um, really good. It's a really nice. It's not really a biopic if that's what you're expecting. It's more he's a supporting character, so just like if you're going into it expecting it to be the Fred Rogers biopic, you're going to be a little disappointed, but I think overall it's so well crafted and so well directed that it's really worth checking out. Yeah, it, it's based around this article that was written about him in I think 98. So, mm-hmm. um, in the Esquire magazine. So go check out that article if you haven't. Um, but then uh, on the way, so on the way home from my girlfriend's place where I watched that movie, um, I drove ba- uh, past Canadian Tire and I bought a 25 liter uh, jerry can and filled it full of about twenty dollars worth of gas. Um, Those which, numbers don't seem to add up. Uh, it's eighty. It was eighty cents a liter at the time. Jeez. Yeah, the current state of the world, uh, 80 cents a liter for gas was that was that was on Sunday, and since then it's it's at 74.9 here in uh, my neck of the woods, which is just un unthinkable. I don't think it's been that low in this area for probably like 15 years. Yeah. So So toilet paper is more expensive than gasoline. I mean, those two (laughs) make a pretty wicked combo. Hell yeah. (laughs) 
we'll fight the coronavirus <laughs> one way or another. Mm-hmm. Oh, guys. We got to get away from this coronavirus talk. I, I feel like it's going to be really hard because it's just kind of on everyone's mind. But that, that The whole point of having the show is that everyone gets an escape from that discussion to listen yeah, to but we also need to talk remain, about video games. We also need to remain relatable to the real per- people out there. That's true. But when someone so. listens to this in four years, they'll be like, what the hell are they talking about? It, it's a piece of time. It's a piece of history. We need to know. We need to remind people what the world was like before the apocalypse happened. Yeah, yeah. We need, just we like need to how, have. A, oh, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, I was gonna say just like how uh, we've been playing. Both Mitch and you, AJ, and myself have been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. That game yeah. has been quite. Like I've just started playing it this week because I've had this time, and oh. I don't really like Battle Royales, and I'm not a big fan of Call of Duty either, but there's something special about those two coming together that I'm really digging. I like it a lot. I I didn't give um, the the Black Ops Battle Royale from the previous year a shot. Yeah, me Um, neither. It it didn't really interest me, and I was, like, big into PUBG at the time. Um, I never got into Fortnite. Um, I would have gotten into Radical Heights if it had... stuck around a little bit longer you mean like longer than a Um, month and a half or however long it was around yeah i played i I played apex for like a month and then yeah now warzone uh, that just uh, i guys for my birthday i got a 25 dollar xbox gift card don't use it on call of duty please don't i bought the battle pass oh i don't know if you're allowed on this podcast anymore listen I'm playing this free game and having a lot of fun with it. I think the developers, especially yeah. in this trying time in the world, deserve some money. So I figured it. Yeah. You're also I talking about one of the richest hurting. entertainment companies in the world. Yeah, right? Activision's really hurting for cash right now. Hon- honestly, <laughs> if he's playing the game, I'm cool with the Battle Pass. You didn't buy well, no, Call of Duty, too. right? No, I did not buy Mo- Call of Duty Modern, Modern Warfare. Warfare 2019. No, you just got the Battle Pass. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, Every the nice thing about it is you can just earn the next battle pass through this one. So as long as you keep, I mean, that's part of the hook, right? Is keep with it, and you'll earn enough premium currency to get the next one for free. Well, based on yeah. The time so, you put into it. so, so the 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 kind of calcul- loose calculations that I've done, like you'd have to theor- in in theory, you'd have to be a full time streamer in a, only stream that game full time in order to be able to do that. And that's that seems to be the case with all, like the majority of battle passes that come out. Sounds these right. Days. How much so. is the battle pass? Um, it, if it, you so remember. actually it was uh, it was on sale. Oh, it was on sale. So there was, they they had the sale to, that gave you like uh, twenty free free levels into the battle pass or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So so I, I just went ahead and and purchased uh, that one, but that that it was like fifty percent off on that one. Other than that, it's like a thousand battle coins which i think is around 10 bucks i think it's canadian, 12 50 canadian or something i was also yeah. looking at it yeah. thinking about it but <laughs> no because i mean i'm i'm also of that mind whereas if i've got a free-to-play game that i'm really enjoying where i'm putting the kind of time into it that i put into let's say a 40 50 60 experience then i feel justified in you know showing the developers my appreciation by buying some of the premium content i've done that with pokemon go 
I've done that with Pokemon Go. It's really the only one that can come <laughs> to mind at this point. But I mean, it's it's sort of the same ilk as is what you're doing here. So I totally yeah. get it. I was just harping on you for you know comedic oh, yeah. value. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I've definitely like I mean I used to be really into League of Legends, and I probably I think it's been two years, but I think I spent Dota's better. I think I spent over a thousand dollars on League over the wow. course over the course of five years at least. Okay. What what's your hour count on League? Do you oh, have, it was, can you see um, that? Um I it would take a while to find it cuz they made it like really weird to find, but it was something like it was it was something like absurd. It was over like 2000 hours. Wow. But like it's pretty good. Yeah. But then I just I just there was something there was just one day I came to my senses and just stopped. <laughs> and... At least at least that happened. Otherwise you may not be with us today. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, you'd just be listening to league podcasts. And, it was too you know. many broken keyboards. I did break a keyboard <laughs> over it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hide who I am. We're, we're gonna get into our dirty gaming secrets at some point down the road, but I don't think that's a story for today's show. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, sorry. Just were you gonna say something? Go no. Ahead. No. Go ahead. Uh, no. With just uh, Warzone uh, specifically, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I won a match. Ooh, that's why of. I called you the victorious. Um, I, yep. I, um, I mean, I won as well yesterday, but to be fair, it was my squad that won okay. for me, so I'm not going to take the credit for it. Yeah. I, I played a little bit with uh, Cozy. Uh, he was streaming it uh, a little bit uh, the other day, um, and, uh, you know, we didn't come anywhere close to winning that day, but... <laughs> Um, I do want to. I do want to interject here and just say yeah. yes. Cozy is not with us tonight, and partly due to the fact that he's been putting together his second Cozina for kind of funny direct, which will have released by the time that this podcast goes live. So if everyone could go find his, he probably shared it everywhere. So on his Twitter at uh, Alex Cozina, I believe. Yes. Um, I think that's his Twitter. I think so, too. You find his Twitter through us or somewhere. Go watch his video, like the video, share the video, because I know he's put a lot of time and effort into it. And we, I, I, I can say ahead of even having seen the video that it's probably phenomenal. So mm-hmm. definitely go check that out. If, if you want to tag Greg Miller or any of the kind of funny team in it and say how great it was, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. That's my plan. Yeah. HR has <laughs> yeah. ruled. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you there, AJ, but I felt that was oh, that, a good time to interject a, with the absolutely. cozy plug. Absolutely. I totally set you up for that on purpose. Um, <laughs> That's how we do this show. Yeah, yeah. We're all scripted here. Bet you didn't know that. Um, yeah, so uh, Warzone's fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and then uh, I did take a little bit of a break from it. And in the, in the middle of all this madness, I, I felt inspired to watch another movie. That movie is uh, 2004's Shaun of the Dead. Oh, fantastic! And uh, it, it's a f- it it still holds up today. It is it is it, it's a masterpiece of of comedic genius. I feel like I rewatch the Cornetto trilogy probably once a year, maybe once every other year, and all three of those films still hold up phenomenally well. I can yeah. say this like genuinely. I think every single film that Edgar Wright has made, all five of them, are flawless. They are genuine masterpieces that he is unrivaled in style and aesthetic, and I love him so much. I just want to confirm, yeah, he did Scott Pilgrim, right? Then yes. And yeah. the other film being Baby Driver, which was also an outstanding film. John Hamm in that movie is so underappreciated. He does such a phenomenal job that... If anyone hasn't checked that one out, 
definitely give it a look. So in preparation for all of this, uh, you know, tomfoolery around the world coming to an end, I felt like I had to crack one. And it is one that I picked up from a local craft cidery slash winery in, in uh, southern Ontario here. So last weekend, went out with the fiance and her sister and her sister's boyfriend. And we went to let me look at the can so I don't mess it up. It's not on the can. God damn it. <laughs> Gotta be. There. Uh, uh, Heritage Estate Winery and Cidery in Barrie, Ontario. Mm. How is it? It, it, so we did like a full tasting and it like that was kind of my first like wine slash cider tasting I've ever done and the guy was really informative we had a good time given you know the circumstances of COVID-19 being around they had lot plenty of hand sanitizer everywhere which was surprising given you know the scarcity of the product in stores these days and no it was it was just really informative I learned a lot got a little tipsy left having spent far too much money on some cider and some apple wine and just had a really good time leading into you know the events of this past week where basically canada has for all intents and purposes shut down so it was nice to get out and do something before that kind of came to pass so this is their dry craft cider dragon's gold and their other two ciders i believe one is in the lcbo and the other one will be by the summer so if anyone is uh, interested in any in a good dry cider, uh, check out Heritage Estate hmm. as well. Yeah, and they also have an apple wine that's in the LCBL. We tried that, and we bought a bottle because it was so damn good. Not a lot of gaming, unfortunately. You know, more Pokemon uh, Pokemon Shield, more Pokemon Go. You played way, a little Warzone. A little bit of Warzone, way too much of the Division 2. I feel like I'm getting towards the end of my attachment to that game. Is... The Division 2 a sore subject? No. Why would you say uh, that? Uh, in this, uh, with the goings-on of the world right now, is you, it a little touchy You literally watch Shaun of the Dead. Like, I know. But that's a comedy. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't play The Division 2 for the story. Okay, I, I played it because I found a group of guys to play with and essentially carry me through the game, and now they're carrying me through the post-game because... And you I, bought it for like four bucks. And I bought it for four dollars and then bought the DLC for far more than four dollars. Uh, but I've still enjoyed my time with it. I'm still enjoying my time with it. It's something I'm going to continue to go back to. I just need to figure out a way to play something else in the meantime. Because it's been all Pokemon and all Division 2. And I feel like I need to play something else. I just don't know what to start. I'm getting that sort Well, of... there's going to be plenty of time to be playing something new in two days from now when Animal Crossing comes out. So that is going to segue into our next segment. So for our listeners, this week's going to be a little weird. Our main topic of the show is going to be very heavily oriented to news. So we're holding the news back until the end of the show. So I'm going to start with a brand new segment. And that's this or that. Oh. And in this or that, since we have two major game releases that have just come out. As of this recording, they're coming out in a couple of days, but whatever. Each of the hosts is going to decide, is it doom eternal i can't do this or is it animal crossing i can do this and i had to do this to alex because i know he really wants both so let's start with aj is it this being doom eternal or that being animal crossing this it's doom eternal eh i think so yeah why 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 are you saying that i think i i i need another excuse to boot up my stadia so oh, I might you're gonna get it there. Get it on Stadia. Oh, okay. yeah. 
I love how we have the number one Stadia fan in the world on this podcast. We have the welcome, one guys. Stadia fan in the world. <laughs> Reporting in from the front lines. <laughs> All right, Nathan, I know we've talked about this at length, but I need to know, is it this or that? Is it Doom Eternal or is it Animal Crossing New Horizons? Uh, it's easily Animal Crossing. I like. I never played Doom 2016 as much as I've played the old games. I've never had a huge attachment to them. So, and I've never played an Animal Crossing, but my wife's really looking forward to it. So I'm going to give it a try. And I hope I get peaches on my trees because the peaches look like butts. Peaches always look like butts. I just found uh, a couple of gift cards here. So maybe I'll get both. Who knows? Stadia gift cards? No, they're Nintendo gift cards. I thought this was for a giveaway. Yeah, wait, you just had... Nintendo gift cards just sitting around. You didn't know it about was them? my birthday. Oh, that okay. is true. I, I and I just remembered about them. Fair it enough. was my birthday, and they were sitting here on my desk. Well, from what I was counting, you're going to need an extra twenty bucks if you want to actually buy that's, Animal Crossing. That's fine. That's the cost of a Jerry can. Yeah, just go sell that gasoline when the price spikes back up, and you'll be you'll be making money. It's a long term exactly. investment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, me personally, it's going to be Animal Animal Crossing, just because I know I've talked on a couple of previous shows. I'm going to get to play it with my sister. We don't typically play video games together, so that's going to be a good opportunity to play something with her. And down to the one who hates yeah. me the most right now. Yeah, I Alex. didn't know what this was. Is okay. it this? Well, or is it that? Well, let me preface: I am buying both games. Um, am I the o- am I the only one? Up first? Am I the only one who is getting both? I think At so. launch, yes. Okay. I'm, well, I'm I'm waiting on Doom Eternal. Well, it's well, it's Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal is already preloaded on my PC. Like I'm, I think I don't know when it unlocks tomorrow, but as soon as it does, I'm immediately starting it, and I'm probably gonna play it until it's done, and then I will go to EB Games and buy uh buy Animal Crossing. Like will will you though? I mean, I'm definitely gonna get it. I just don't know when I'm gonna start it. It's, no, I mean, are you gonna physically go out to a store right now? I would like to because I like having physical copies, but I might have to. I depending on what it's like in two days from now, I will see. But I really, I genuinely like having physical copies. There's something about just like having the shelf of games that is just kind of satisfying to me. And if I could have all my PC games physical, I would do it. Like you're aware. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to like when it comes to my PC and my PS4, it's like there's no point. In, I mean, there is a point getting them digital, be able to preload them and all that shit. But like, it doesn't make a difference of because I have to be at my PC with all my where all my games are are with my PS4 where all my games are that I could just easily grab it, load it in. There's no there's no downside to it. I mean, there are, but. I just like having the show. I'm not making a good argument for this. No, you're not. The we'll, Switch. We'll, have, we'll get into the argument in earnest on a later episode. The Switch uh, is the only one where it like makes sense to maybe get it digital because I will have the Switch with me at all times. Where it's like I don't want to be carrying those games around. Where it's like I could just like load up whatever I want whenever I want, like you just wherever. Get a good I am. carrying case that has plenty of storage for game cards. What's wrong with that? That's true, but they're easily they're more easily losable. So, that but I still I still like the idea of physical games. I, so, when I can, I try to get. Them. I have a lot of thoughts here. I'm very looking forward to this episode where we can debate this. We're okay. gonna we're gonna have a video game fight club of physical versus digital for sure. Right. That that will happen down the road. I mean, I don't. You mark my words. I mean, I'm not like that strong against it. I know I'm in the minority, and I'm like I'm okay with that. It's just this is like, it's just something for me because I like looking at the shelf of games. No, I mean there there are arguments both for and against it. I'm 
honestly, when it comes to Animal Crossing, I'm actually for getting it physical. I'm going to try to pick it up physical this Friday. Okay. Or last Friday, for those listening, because I forget we have people listening. And <laughs> the main the main reason behind that is I have some loyalty points that I could redeem to get it, and I'd like to do it for this game specifically because it it's not a game, like a style of game I typically get into. So if it doesn't hook me, it gives me the opportunity to potentially resell it. Okay. Whereas if I went digital, then if I decide I'm, I'm not enjoying the game, then I'm kind of stuck with it. The way that my sister convinced me to buy Stardew Valley, that I booted up once for 20 minutes. Hmm. All I'm right, so excited on. for Doom. I just had to say it one more time. <laughs> I look forward. I, th- I feel like next week. Next if week, we I don't can talk up, about it for two hours if you want. If we don't come up with a major topic of the show, then maybe it is video game fight club of Doom Eternal versus Animal Crossing. But the problem is we have to have more than one person that's played Doom Eternal to argue for Doom Eternal. <laughs> So we'll uh, have to see what Cozy's planning. Oh wait, no, AJ, you said you were picking it up. Too. Yeah, I think I think I think I might pull the trigger and do that. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll, when, we'll when talk about ready. that. We'll talk about that offline. Alrighty. In the meantime, let's get into its raining deals. I pulled a couple together this week. One being that uh, both games in the Alto series on iOS, Android, and Mac OS, that being Alto's Odyssey mm-hmm. and Alto's Adventure, are free. The developer decided that given the circumstances and people needing to distance themselves that they just wanted the game to be free. So they are. So go check those out. We, awesome. as, sorry, can I talk on Alto for a second? No, go ahead. Yeah, because I, I haven't even opened it yet. I just downloaded so it. So we talked earlier about putting giving money to developers where they think they've earned it. I've bought both Alto games and I've bought the add-on, like removing the ads and the different things for those games because of how good they are on my phone. Uh, it's one of the few games I go back to regularly for both of them. Definitely worth picking up for free. And if you have a few extra coins and you're enjoying the game, chip it and give it to the give it to the developers because they are great. What is the game like? Just very quickly, because I have no, I've never heard of this game. Uh, so it's a very relaxing, endless runner, but you're essentially surfing on sand in the first one, or no, you're snowboarding. And you got to catch one of them was snowboarding. Yeah, one of them was snowboarding. One of them was surfing on sand. So snowboarding on sand, the environment. But you can grind the walls. You have to do big jumps. You can do like loops when you're holding the button and like do flips. And you can chain all your combos to get large scores. And they give you objectives that you have to go through. You can unlock different characters. You can even the first one has a big focus on collecting the llamas that get away. So you got to like try and tag the llamas. And one of the last unlockable characters is the llama that you can play as. And they, oh, that's yeah, cool. okay. they each have different, each of the unlockable characters that you get every 10 levels has a different ability. Like one turns quicker in the air. One's faster. Uh, one okay. has a double jump. So I've okay, put cool. a ton and ton of hours into the Alto games. They're great. Play them. That is the plan, at least for me. And everyone else should heed your advice and do the same. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to now. The second deal that I've pulled together is that the uh, there is a mega March sale on PSN right now, which is on until the end of March, uh, March 30th, 2020. And a couple of games I pulled out of there that are definitely worth checking out. One that's in my backlog that I really, really, really need to get to is Astrobot Rescue Mission. Mm-hmm. It's more than half off at 2250. Doom 2016, which we've been talking about. Nathan, it's your chance to give it a shot. So good. I believe it's, on, I believe it's under $10, or it's roughly $10 right now. I'd have to price check that, but it's it's definitely deeply discounted. It might be just more than, ten, just over $10. I can't remember the exact price. Pulling it up right now, so I'll let you know in a few seconds. All right. 
Bo- and we talked earlier about NAC 3. Well, since that's not a thing, both NAC and NAC 2 are each under $10. I haven't played NAC you add them to... Go ahead. Sorry, I haven't played. NAC. <laughs> I was gonna make a dumb joke. I haven't played NAC two, but NAC one actually is really good, and it gets a lot of hate when it shouldn't. I don't even think I finished NAC one. I think I got it super cheap and should finish it, but haven't. And NAC two is NAC two. Wow. I hear there's lots of particles. Yes, Alex, you want to make your dumb joke now? I was gonna say if you add NAC one and NAC two, you get NAC three three D audio. Nailed it. <laughs> That was terrible. This has, been, this has been the last episode of Press YYZ. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's our magnum opus. It may opus. just be the last one with Alex, okay? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, the last game that we pulled out of this is another one that Nathan talked about earlier, and Everybody's Golf is on for $15. I uh, also have, just very quickly on Steam, Borderlands 3 is is uh, $39.99 right now, so it's 50% off. It just came to, yeah, it just came to Steam as well, so definitely worth picking up. And uh, Octopath Traveler is forty one ninety nine, so it's also fifty percent off. There's a whole bunch of deals on Steam as of right now that are going for quite a while. I think it's until April first, at least for Borderlands three, but um, the rest of them are going on for a while as well. So there's quite a bit. Like there's a bunch of Ubisoft games as well that are on sale. So there's a lot. As a quick aside, thank you, video game developers and publishers, who decided during these hard times that all of us gaming introverts just needed more games to add to our backlog. So thank you for these (laughs) steep, steep discounts. Now let's move on to the meat and potatoes of this show, and that's going to be our topic of the show. Release the butthole cut. Oh, right. Yeah, you can't skip over the most important (sighs) part. This wasn't a joke. There's an article in here that people think... No, apparently not. So... AJ and Alex decided to bring this article about a butthole cut oh. of Cats the movie and making me put it in the dock. It wasn't. It wasn't even me. I'm the biggest Cats <laughs> fan on the podcast, and this wasn't me. Why? Uh. Why? Why did you bring this to the podcast? We are not a movie <laughs> podcast. We are not a Cats podcast. I think it's very important to know that movies are now becoming a lot like games, and that they're having patches and so but like sometimes you just want to go back to the old version because the old version was superior i.e the butthole cut of cats that's all i gotta say will that fix cats yeah you can you can find the article (laughs) it it might it might the next time you put a buzzfeed article in my run of show (laughs) you're not on the podcast you're not on that show i'm just (laughs) putting it out there now that is my run of show now with that out of the way, thankfully. But what Disney princess am I, though? What if we need to know? What oh, that? that does sound like a topic of the show. What at Disney one princess point. are you, Alex? I don't know. I've never done that BuzzFeed quiz. I was just, I'm just thinking of like what a BuzzFeed quiz could be. You need to tell me by the end of the show what Disney princess you are, Alex. And now you're all right. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> okay, let's get into this week's news. And all of the news coming out of the video game industry this week that is not related to COVID-19 is related to next gen. So both Microsoft and Sony revealed a lot more information about both of their upcoming consoles. And there's a, like, there's a lot of real technical stuff when it comes to this, when they're talking about the teraflops and the computing units and all, all these fun, super technical terms. But we're kind of dumb. And Mark Cerny makes smart stuff sound mm-hmm. really cool. But at the end of the day, we don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> So essentially, we've got a a nice side-by-side comparison that IGN has put together about the different features of the two consoles that we know to this point after both Xbox and uh, PlayStation revealed some more details. 
Um, so, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna jump in right there. Yeah. Uh, if you look underneath, um, there's there's a more uh, fine-tuned list that I've posted. Oh, nice. Below. Um, yeah, somebody posted this on Reddit, and it's on both the PS4 and the Xbox One subreddits. Um, and mm, and it looks... gets rid of all the all the unknown stuff where everything on the IGN list. There's oh, a lot okay. of TBA, 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 TBA. So yeah, no, that's th- this fair. is the stuff we do know in direct comparison between the two. Sure. So I'm still gonna go based off the IGN one because it's a little nicer to know what I'm talking about. The image you fair shared enough. doesn't have like the the categories and stuff, so I'm just gonna go with this. But thank you for sharing that. Yep. So at this point, we know sort of the I/O throughput of both consoles. We know that the the custom CPU of the PS5 is going to allow for 5.5 gigabytes per second when raw, 8 to 9 gigabytes per second when it's compressed, compared to the I/O throughput of the Xbox Series X, which is going to be about 2.4 gig, uh, gigabits per second raw and 4.8 compressed or gigabytes. Sorry. Um, so they're they're definitely tailoring that custom CPU for the PS5 to focus on I/O. Whereas Xbox hasn't really tuned it to that extent. Uh, storage, we know on both devices, is going to be NVM- NVMe SSD, a custom 825 gigabyte uh, drive for the PS5, and a one terabyte drive for the Xbox Series X. In terms of extending that storage, they're both going to offer USB hard drive support, but that will typically just be for additional storage. Games actually have to be on the SSD to be able to run. So Microsoft is offering a proprietary external one terabyte SSD expansion card, whereas uh, Sony has said that they will allow for an additional NVMe SSD to be slotted into the PS4. So for those who aren't really familiar, NVMe SSDs are pretty, like, they're pretty nascent in the market, uh, at least for the speeds that the PS5 will require. So don't go out and buy an SSD today for your PS5 because odds are it won't work unless it meets its minimum threshold for speed throughput, uh, which Mark Cerny got into details, and I was just transfixed to my screen. Yeah, uh, apparently they're going to release a list like later on near like near PlayStation 5's release or after PlayStation 5's release. Of, like, sounded like it was going to be after. Yeah, yeah, of aftermarket uh, SSDs that you can pick up for your PlayStation 5. So wait until Sony tells you which drives are supported. Otherwise, you may not have a functional PS5. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, I, I was I was scouting around the uh, the Xbox subreddit when the news came out about this proprietary uh, let, let, drive. Let, let, let's save that for the topic of the show when we're actually going to go sure. around and talk about what we think about all of this news. Well, no, I was I was just going to say it, it. From what I understand, um, you you actually will be able to. Uh, what I was told, anyway, you will be able to uh, run games off of an external drive not just storage however okay. it just won't run to the full like for example loading times are a big going to be a big talking point yeah. this generation right it won't necessarily run to maximum capacity or the fastest possible if that's the case hmm. oh yeah and i saw another breakdown from oh god i'm i'm an, i can't remember the youtuber exactly but he got to go to microsoft and talk to them a lot about the actual internals and mm-hmm. it sounded like it might just be that Xbox Series X games will expect to be running from an SSD, so those may need to be on the SSD, but older games, so 360 games, Xbox One games, original Xbox games, could be installed to an H8, uh, an external drive, an external hard drive, and those would play the same way they would play today on an Xbox Series, or an Xbox One X. 
their naming convention really confuses me and i don't like it so i wonder like i wonder what that means for like games that are going to be cross generational like halo infinite like will that mean that that game will be on one side of it where it's like it can only be played from an ssd or will it be able to be played from a hard drive because technically it will be an xbox one game as well well let let let's save some of that for our round table discussion fair enough sure. yeah sorry so i'm getting do, ahead of myself we, no no it's okay it's it's definitely something i want to talk about so we got a glimpse at the xbox series x controller it's going to be very similar to the existing xbox one controller it's going to have an additional share button and a newly designed d-pad which looks nice uh and what's interesting about this controller is it's actually backwards compatible so that's dope. if you had an xbox series x you have that controller you could take that use it with an xbox one you could use it with your pc like it it, it is it, it's very strange to see that sort of thing happening wasn't that the case uh, with the ps4 controller to the ps3 though it it was okay. you could also do that yeah it wasn't it, perfect for the ps4 to the ps3 though the playstation button didn't work on yeah. it and it wouldn't work with every game because i remember going back to try and play Nino Kuni with it and it wouldn't work with Nino Kuni. So it only had certain game support and the PlayStation button wouldn't work. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, it was it was weird for sure. Uh other than that, we know both con both consoles are going to support up to 8K. They're both going to have really interesting audio stuff. Uh we know audio. Sony, Yeah, Sony got very into talking about the potential for 3D audio and 3D audio engine they're building into the system, so that could be very cool. I can't wait to send a picture of my ear to Mark Cerny. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you see uh, Tim Gettys of Kind of Funny when they were doing that? Just like, here it is, at Cerny on Twitter, and it was just a picture of his ear. No, I didn't think I saw that yet. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's... It, no, no, no. Silences. It, it's yeah. just like, I no, silence is what I expected as a no. <laughs> So we also know that the the PS5 is going to have variable frequency when it comes to its performance. So it's going to be able to adjust based on ambient temperature, what to utilize when it comes to the GPU, CPU utilization and adjust so that everything matches, allowing it to perform at a higher, like, uh, it's mm -hmm. super technical. Like this stuff is crazy above any of our pay grades, but eventually what they're saying is that it's going to make games great and that is great for everybody doesn't matter what console you want to buy i know a lot of people on the internet were unhappy with what sony did today but ultimately it just means games are going to be better like i think even though like i feel like that this whole conference though they did stream yeah. it to the public it very much was focused more to developers and not yes. not the public and i think that's where a lot of the disappointment was coming yes. from so, with the news portion of it out of the way, let's get into our topic of the show, which is Roundtable. We're going to have a Roundtable discussion just, uh, to talk about the features and expectations for both next-gen consoles, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, or if you want to just call it the Xbox, because that's what their next generation is. So, to echo your point that you just made, Alex... I feel like given mm -hmm. the timing of both of these releases, they were both meant for GDC week. This mm -hmm. week was supposed to be GDC week and they were geared very much so towards the game dev community, not the general public. I think Sony did a poor job of marketing with what they, what they announced because they called it the road to PS5 being yeah. as vague as they were kind of set the expectation that you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Whereas if I, I got what I expected out of what they announced today. Hmm. It it probably had like a, a a stronger meaning 
when the world was right and nothing was wrong. I mean, I, I appreciate that they're keeping to their expected reveal schedule where they're talking very much about the hardware and the architecture now. I'm assuming in the June timeframe, we would have had E3. If you haven't, go listen to last week's show where we talk a lot about what's going on around E3 this year. And I like we'll get, you know, the games, the actual hardware reveal, things like that, live demos uh, when it comes to that time frame. And maybe yep. at the end of the year, we'll get a launch. I have my reservations around that just based on what's going on in the manufacturing industry. The fact that Square Enix today announced that physical copies of Final Fantasy VII Remake may be very hard to come by at launch, which pushes me to think Mm -hmm. that i'm probably going to buy that game digitally if i can't find it in stores yeah but i feel like we're going to see a lot more of that in the upcoming months no more i I, and i feel like when it comes to the consoles themselves we've had scarce launches in the past where consoles were very hard to come by i think we all remember that winter that or that fall where the wii came out and nobody's grandmothers could find them but that was also nintendo manufacturing the supply demand and not it actually being a supply demand yeah this is more so of a a a, a forced upon supply constraint just we'll see how things play out at the end of the year i know microsoft is still sticking to their holiday 2020 date even though they goofed today and it said thanksgiving 2020 on but their that still, product website that's still, uh, but i think it, isn't that referring to the yeah. american thanksgiving though? american thanksgiving is in november the end of november which is holiday 2020 yeah that sounds about right, right to the timeline they, that they, was the they update they updated their website today today being march 18th and that same day major nelson came out saying we there was no change in communication it is a holiday 2020 release so there seem I don't know. There seems to be some miscommunication when it comes to what they're showing and what they're saying. Some some intern probably just took it literally and wrote wrote that onto the website. Who I knows? mean, I know we're speculating. I feel like it might just have been something where in their back end it was timed that this would change on a specific mm-hmm. date, and whatever intern programmed it, no one, you know, changed that after that intern went back to school or something, and it still happened, and then. Oops. You know, things probably hit the fan at Microsoft. Yeah. They had to come out and talk about this when all they really wanted to talk about was the features. So, mm-hmm. uh, so whatever, it happens. So continuing with the speculation, do we think that they're no. actually going to release the consoles with the limited supply demand? Or do you think that they're going to push it back to like March, March 2021? So I can see two scenarios happening. I can see both being pushed back. I don't think PlayStation 5 is going to make this year. I could see Xbox, because the drought they've been in, trying to take the early advantage and still releasing it with a limited supply. Yeah, I I think it would behoove them to... Like, it would be very difficult for them mm-hmm. not to release this year when all of their marketing has been pushing towards it being this year. Unless they have incredibly restricted supply in... Like, maybe it'll just be yep. that they'll release in a specific market this year and other markets will follow next year. We've seen that sort of staggered release in the past. Mm-hmm. They want to focus all of their hardware on, let's say, North America, <laughs> as it is, by and large, the largest market that consumes video games. That might be something that happens, but it it's sort of wait and see at this point. We don't know what's coming because, honestly, outside of these tech specs, we don't know what's coming in the fall from any major publishers, right? Yeah, like, literally, I'm pretty sure the only game that we know of that's going to be, like, next-gen 
Well, I guess it's not next gen exclusively as Halo Infinite. Yeah, nothing on the Xbox uh, is exclusive to next gen, at least for the first 12 months, is what Microsoft has been saying. Yeah, uh, so we know nothing about uh, PlayStation's lineup. Godfall. Well, Godfall yeah, is yeah, going to okay. be that exclusive. Yeah, but given that information, are any of you interested in picking up an Xbox Series X this year? Yeah. No. Yes. No. But I. Yes. the only reason I'm saying no is because I already have a PC and they're releasing all their games on PC, so... There's no yeah, way you, for me you don't to need it. it at that point. Yeah. So yeah. AJ, you're saying you want to pick one up when it comes out this year. Why? Why is it that you feel like you want to, as opposed to waiting, since they've already said everything is compatible for a bit? Um. So if if they had announced that, you know, the Xbox, uh, Series X games were going to be playable through the uh, Xbox. Uh, streaming service um and i could just boot up my xbox one i just turned my xbox on because yes i do have my connect on uh wow okay um xbox record that <laughs> yeah i've yelled that a few times playing warzone i know you um, yelled it in my ear i'm very surprised every time you friggin do it hell yeah um yeah no the um if if i could boot up my uh xbox one and then just do some of the the cloud streaming of a real series x game um i i would consider waiting but i don't i've only got uh it, it's a 2016 gaming laptop it still works for a lot of the stuff that i want to play on it but it, it it doesn't play a lot of the newer stuff um so i don't i don't necessarily have a pc that i can play any of the any of the new stuff on so i just rather get get the dedicated console box and play it there so yeah that's that's completely fair like i mean my pc is starting to it's starting to get up there like it's about it's almost four years old now and like probably by next year i'm gonna have to at least upgrade the video card otherwise it's going to really fall behind when new consoles come out so i can totally understand the the idea of wanting to upgrade i'm really curious to see what happens this gen with people switching over like switching allegiances between consoles yeah because are like it, there really allegiances though yeah well i i'm not going to buy an xbox i haven't owned an xbox ever and i'm going to continue to stay playstation i think the reason you're going to see more allegiances this year is because you're going to have an ecosystem that moves over with playstation 3 and xbox 360 initially there was no ecosystem moving over for the most part. You were starting fresh in both of those systems. With mm. with this with this new generation that's going to come, it's just like phones. Everything's just going to move on to like move over to it. Like I should be able to play for the most part all my PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro games. There is the asterisk yeah. though that marks their For the most about. part, I said for the most part. Fair enough. On the PlayStation 5 and X Xbox is going to be the same way. Uh, just to go back a bit to the point Mark Cerny made, he said roughly 100 games have been tested and will work day one. Yeah, it's the 100 most played PlayStation 4 games. Yeah. So they've at least tested those. They can only test so many. Yeah. And the, th the reason he gave for them not all working is that the console is too fast, that the games aren't expecting things as quickly as it can provide them, and it just messes up stuff, presumably. So, like, the reasoning is, like, the 
I'm sorry, our console is so good that it doesn't play old games is a bit of a weird reason. And I'm sure that, you know, Sony's going to do a lot of work with, like, they've done this in the past. Like, look at the the PSN name change. They worked with a Mm -hmm. lot of their publishing partners and developers to make sure that their games were compatible with that change. So with this move from PS4 to PS5, I'm sure they're going to reach out to most of, if not all, of their major partners and just work with them directly to make sure that whatever games are there, hopefully only require a few minor tweaks to still you know, be playable. Or maybe it is a case of, yeah, the game has to be installed to an external drive so that it can play on this or something. But they'll they'll probably sort that out before launch. I don't think he should have said that. Yeah. To be honest. Uh to that audience, uh like if you're planning on the audience to be game developers, it does make sense. When you release that to the general public, people are going to start freaking out, as is what happened on the internet. So I wonder if that means that that's the final... I mean, they haven't said anything about it, but is that the final nail in the coffin on PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 1 backwards compatibility? I don't think it's the final nail, but I was surprised that under the graphic they had room for more names there because they had PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 Pro, PlayStation 4, and they didn't fill the whole thing. I expected to see PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 1 drop down there. So maybe mm-hmm. that's still something we can see down the line. I hope so. I I can almost guarantee PS1 and PS2 eventually coming uh, will yeah. will absolutely be there whether or not they they they've you know I I've heard some rumbling in like some emulator communities and stuff like that um that they had like the the unofficial uh modders and stuff have made progress on emulating uh, PS3 games and stuff. Um, so if that's the case, it's only a matter of time. But it w- it's whether or not they want to put the resources in, and whether or not they think it's worth mm-hmm. it. Um, they might, and they might not, for PS1, PS2. But I, I think it would be super easy for them to do that. Honestly, I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not even sure backwards compatibility is that huge of a thing. I think it's something. That when we talk about it, of course we want that. Of course we want to play our old games. But the truth is, when we get new consoles, think about our backlogs and how many games we have and how many games we continue to buy that are brand new. And I don't think going back is a priority for a lot of people. I just think it's one of those nice-to-have things in a console, not necessarily a feature that's going to get a lot of use. It's, it's just very consumer-friendly, yeah. for sure. The My point that I would disagree with you on that is going back to PC... If I get a new PC tomorrow, like I say if I didn't have one, and I got one and I loaded up Steam, I could play every single game that is on Steam, no problem. If my computer can run it, then I can play it. If it's on Steam, I can play it. And I just feel like both, I feel like Sony specifically is really falling behind in that aspect because like I have this, I have this library of thousands of games potentially and there's nothing that's stopping me from being able so to play it nothing that's stopping you from being able to play it but how often do you actually go back and play it i mean i might be i mean i do replay a lot of my games like i was just talking about playing through halo again um and i'm like i want to play th- i have dead space and dead space 2 downloaded on my pc that i'm going to play i'm going to play through mass effect during this time like i i might be the exception to the rule but i do replay a lot of my games the other, the other thing I want to point out that you said that really spoke to me is if, you're, if your PC can play it, then it's playable. 
thing mm-hmm. with these hardwares is they made hardware for the PS3 that made it very difficult to play on future hardware, right? That's, yeah, that's so true. So it's actually not physically possible for them to emulate the, the cell processor unless they put a cell processor in the damn box, which they're not going to do. Yeah. If they can come up with a way to software emulate it, I'm sure they're mm-hmm. I'm sure they're working on it because they see the positive uh, consumer feedback they get on backwards compatibility for the Xbox that they must be working on it somewhere. It's just going to take time. And I feel like the that graphic that we saw in the Sony uh, technical direct, whatever you want to call yep. it, is going to be something we see for a few years. And we're going to start seeing that space get filled in. I don't see any reason why they couldn't do the old, the real old stuff. Mm-hmm. And the PS3 thing, I think, is either a matter of time or it's a matter of leveraging the cloud infrastructure they have and licensing whatever games you do own, but through the cloud. Yeah, yeah. potentially. And emulating it that way, somewhere that's not on the physical box. Mm-hmm. I'm just hopeful because I just really want... There's some games on the PS3 that I just really want to be able to play that are just inaccessible because of... It being locked on that hardware. Still, why I have a Gundam Crossfire? Still, why I have a PS3 hooked Metal, up? Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, it's Metal Gear. I've never played those games, and those are kind of locked on that system. And that's something I feel ashamed I haven't played as a gamer mm-hmm. and yeah. want to get to eventually. It's Metal just, Gear I, and it's Resistance for me. I, yeah. I just ended up watching a, a Giant Bomb do their uh, Let's Play of uh, the Metal Gear series, and I did that before Metal Gear Solid Five came out. And I really enjoyed uh, Metal Gear Solid Five as a result, and it was a totally serviceable way to consume that content. Sure. Yeah, that's that's understandable. Um, I think something else I want to get back into that I sort of re- like put a pin in the discussion earlier is that expandable storage. So mm. something Cozy said to me that he wanted to make sure that got set on this show was that the Vita lives on through the Xbox Series X expansion oh, card. Oh, God. Why did they Why do this? are they doing a proprietary memory expansion? We've seen this fail for everybody in the past. Except Nintendo. Well, did it fail for Nintendo? I mean, the Switch is fine, but, I mean, the Switch takes micro SDs. Never mind. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, they, 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 they did away with proprietary memory with the Wii. Yeah. So from okay. the Wii forward, it's been... I was thinking God, of cartridges. It was SD cards and then... Yeah. Uh, micro S- or SD for the Wii and Wii U, and then micro SD for the Switch. Uh, it's just it's such a shame because Microsoft has been doing so well with just like communicating what they've been doing, and they've been doing such consumer friendly stuff that to, for them to do this, I really don't see a reason why they're doing this besides they're... trying to lock it to having it be this. I guess maybe having it be the speeds that they want it to be, but even then, I still. Yeah, if if it's the case that you know nothing currently on the market or at the time of you know holiday 2020 when they release the console if it, if it comes down to nothing on the market will will be able to hit those speeds and they had to do some you know backwards ass things to make it make this work and then you know at the start of the console generation then i'm all for it as long as technology advances in such a way that eventually i could plug theoretically plug in any old USB hard drive, not old USB hard drive, any newer USB hard drive that is not proprietary like this one and and get it to function uh, in a similar capacity, then it should be fine. If, if this is just a, a temporary thing in the interim, it, but we'll see what happens. I think it's really going to come down to price 
we saw the Vita get lambasted for the price of its proprietary memory cards that were eventually hacked and you were able to just use SD cards or micro mm -hmm. SD cards. So I feel like Microsoft really has to bite the bullet on what each of these units is going to cost because you can't come out with your terabyte expansion card and have it be $300 because it's proprietary when someone could go buy a terabyte hard drive off the shelf for, what, 100 bucks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it remains to be seen what they do with that. The other thing that really stood out to me from what we got from Sony versus Microsoft is Sony went with the minimum size for, or the minimum, like, how did Mark Cerny put it? It was like the minimum viable size for the, the internal storage, which was like 800 some odd gigabytes. So they went to 825, which just seems like such a weird number. Yeah. I, I don't understand how that happens. Why don't you just round up to the full terabyte? My guess, 1024 gigabytes. My guess is it comes to a cost preposition and proposition. That's exactly what I was going to say. And yeah. we're going to see when Xbox Series X release like gives us a price and then when playstation gives us a price and there's going to be a significant difference between them and i think part of that's trying to get that price point to a consumer friendly price point where i don't think the xbox series x is going to be the I, other i thought it was going to be the other way around sorry i think the xbox series x i think microsoft is going to take the hit mm -hmm. on on are you okay i, I mean, think they I, have to with this. Place yeah. your bets now like i would say like honestly i'm thinking that the PlayStation 5 is probably going to be more expensive just because Sony... I mean, we've seen in the past Sony hubris of being sort of on top that they f might feel like they can get away with it. I don't know. Uh, I, X, Xbox is coming from behind, and they're hungry now. Yeah, they've got to do I, everything I, they can. If they don't do it, that will be a Here, mistake. Here's the deal. They're talking about doing a second skew for Xbox Series X. Like well, there could be, remember it's Xbox, so they yeah. might do another Xbox Series as part of his next console. Xbox Series yeah. S versus Xbox Series X, which isn't confusing whatsoever. But anyways, Series X three sixty Series S is probably going to be the cheaper of them and less price than the PlayStation, and going to be your entry level model. But the specs aren't going to match what the Series X is going to be, and I think the X is going to be significantly more expensive than the PlayStation. The, th the thing I feel about this, though, is it feels like they're almost marketing the Xbox One X as the entry level to this next console generation by coming out and saying this will play all of mm -hmm. the games that come out for the next little while. This will be the place where you can still play all your Xbox One, 360, original Xbox games. So I don't think we're going to see that cheaper skew of the next-gen Xbox anytime within probably the first two years of this console generation. I don't know. That's what the rumors have been for a little while now, so I'm very curious to see what it is, but I don't think they're going to come out cheaper. I think with the Xbox One X versus the PlayStation 4 Pro, they showed they didn't have a problem trying to be more expensive to cater to that premium player. I don't know if that mm. has panned out for them, but that's what they've done, and I think Sony, after the debacle they had with the PS3 and the... We talked about like the moments we saw at E3, I don't think you're going to see them do that again. The 399 worked very well for them last time when they did it. I expect to see something similar, maybe not 399, but they won't go over 499 US. And I think Xbox Series X is going to be 599 at a minimum. I don't think they can. They can't go to that price point without the same thing happening that happened with the PS3. But right, the PS3 at launch was 499, right? Or yes. five ninety nine. No, Canadian. Canadian. It was, uh, or no, the U.S. It was five ninety nine U.S. Yeah, which is yeah. just asinine to come out the gate. Like even at that time, that was mm. 
unheard of and it immediately bit them in the butt i and i feel like you would see the same thing happen to xbox if they came out this generation and said yeah our box is worth 600 us dollars i think we're in a bit of a different atmosphere than what was the ps3 launch 2006 yeah, it was 2006. yeah yeah so 2006 look what's happened with phones and technology and people are going every year and buying new iphones there wasn't even an was there an iPhone back then? There might have it might have been the early no, days of iPhone. The first one was two thousand. Yeah, so just the first one was just before the first iPhones. Um, so I've I think there's a market that will buy it. Uh, the series that the Xbox One X launched at four ninety nine. Is that correct? U.S. That sounds right. I think so. I'll... So I just see a world where yes, they can be they can do this i i think we're still a little while away so let's wait and see what happens here yeah was, the xbox series x or not xbox series x the xbox one x launched at 499 so i just i just looked at a u.s inflation calculator the ps3 was 600 bucks u.s um in 2020 dollars that's 769 dollars and 88 cents Honestly, with the way that the market is right now for video game consoles, I could, it could go anyway. Honest, if I were betting right now, I think they're both going to come out at four ninety nine. Mm. I think both consoles will be the same price, and day one, the decision for consumers, or at least probably for the first twelve months, the decision for consumers is going to be what is there to play on this box. Which and right, right now, now, we don't know what's coming for either of these boxes. We said we've got Godfall. No Halo Infinite, but Halo Infinite's also going to be playable on the Xbox One. So if either of these companies is to get ahead when it comes to the first few years of this generation, for me, honestly, it's going to come down to the games. And we know Sony has this stable of really, really good Mm first-party developers. Microsoft's starting to build that, but we don't know what's coming from either side. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's going to be a decision of what games do I need to play now versus what can I wait and play three or four years down the line when I can afford the second console. What say you, other hosts? I agree to a point. I think with Xbox, they have a bunch of new studios that they've acquired over the past little while. My one issue when it comes to the studios, a lot of them are unproven. They haven't had the years of pedigree yeah. that Sony's worked with to create these AAA, like Metacritic hits. When I look at some of the studios that they've acquired in, I'm not going to be able to name them all off the top of my head. But State of Decay, the studio that did State of Decay, um, I think that's Play, Play Dead. Dead. Um, I think so. And Wasteland, I think they have Wasteland Three coming. I liked Wasteland. Oh no, that's it. That's the inside developer. Oh, no problems. Uh, Wasteland uh, 3 coming. Wasteland 2 was okay. It, it was a fine game. It's not the level of quality where Sony is. I think it's going to... The State of Decay developers Undead Labs. I'm, I'm sorry. No problem. It's you. all good. Undead Labs. <laughs> I just had to I just had yep. to get it right. Uh, so I'm just curious to see what that development from those studios looks like. Because I could see it taking a few games for them to get to the level of quality where Sony's at right now. Because look at the how many generations it's taken for Naughty Dog to become Naughty Dog. It was mid-PS3 so after there, like three generations. There's one exception to that for me, at least. I've been playing through Hellblade mm-hmm. Senua's Sacrifice now. I'm not very far into it. I need to finish it over the next, you know, 
isolation yep. period. That, that is honestly at the top of my list. And at least from what I've played so far, that game is... Like, I've literally got goosebumps right now thinking about this game. So I feel like Ninja Theory could develop into a real blockbuster studio for Microsoft. But they're also doing weird stuff right now with that Bleeding Edge game, which is like that 4v4 melee multiplayer game. So Right, but that was even... also in development before the acquisition, right? That's also true. As far as we know. So the stuff they're working on now, so the next-gen are, demos yeah. that they've put together, announcing Hellblade 2, yeah. like, in terms of a narrative-driven adventure experience, I feel like Ninja Theory, with what they've provided in the past with DMC... I know a lot of people didn't like it. I really mm -hmm. like DMC. Enslaved, Enslaved Odyssey yeah. to the West that they did on the PS3 360 was such a good game. Really underrated. More people needed to play that game. It was so I, good. So I feel like they could be a studio that develops into a high pedigree studio with the kind of money that Microsoft can uh, No, can I agree with that. Them. Ninja Theory is one of those shining stars. I think the acquisition of Double Fine 2 is one of those studios... I love Absolutely. Double Fine. Double Fine's put out some of my favorite games. I love Tim Schafer. I've platinumed Grim Fandango, the remaster. I've platinumed Full Throttle. I've platinumed Day of the Tentacle. Uh, I was hoping that we'd see something else in that vein. And so that was a big loss when I found out that Xbox had bought them. So that's one of those developers. But they were, they're not known for putting AAA experiences out there. They're known for these quirky indies. So, And I think that's a different expectation versus what you're getting with the Sony first party. I feel that feels a very specific need in their yeah. portfolio, though, right? Because for years, Sony has been this, in like, we love indies, indies, come put your games out on our platform, especially yep. in the Vita years. And that's largely shifted to the, at least for me, it's shifted to the Nintendo Switch. And I feel like that's pretty, you know, marketable, seeing that Nintendo j did just do their Indie World Showcase, where they have a whole bunch of, you know, console-exclusive launches for a bunch of smaller indie games. Whereas Double Fine fits a very certain, like, specific need in Microsoft's portfolio of, yes, they've got Halo, they've got Forza, they've got presumably Fable, hopefully is coming from somebody, they've got Years. Hellblade, like, they've got these these large AAA games, and this fills a nice mm -hmm. smaller need where it's like, yeah, every, you know, 18 months they've got, like, a real, real banger of a smaller indie-type title that they can put out as exclusive, so... It will be very interesting to see how the first few years of this console generation play out, especially with the new acquisitions that Microsoft has made from a studio perspective. But honestly, if we get announcements of like Spider-Man 2, God of War 2, or God of War, what are they? I've heard the rumor. No, Ragnarok was the Assassin's Creed. Creed. It won't title, have right? a number. It'll yeah. just be God of War, then a colon something probably would be my guess. Yeah, that, it can't. Yeah, God it can't of be War numbered. Part 2. So. It could be. We saw the last Horizon of Horizon One Night. But I've Well, that's the thing, is if we get an announcement of on the scale of a Horizon sequel or a Spider Man sequel for the first eighteen months of the console, I'm buying I PS5 think it'll too. launch with one. Yeah, it'll be really without a doubt. It's gonna launch with Horizon. Sorry. It it that's has what to the launch with is, something yeah. big. Yeah, the rumor is Horizon, but we don't know it's, until they tell us, right? Yeah. So we can speculate all we want, but yeah. excuse me. For me, what like, whichever system has the games mm -hmm. is where I'm going to go. Because from these technical perspective, like, the technical stuff they've been putting out, it sounds like both consoles are going to be awesome. So, so for me, it's about the games. I pulled up a tweet here, and I want to talk quickly about the technical, because there does seem to be one big difference. And I saw this comparison. I'm going to change the comparison up a little bit, because it was a Final Fight comparison, but I'm going to change it to Street Fighter. 
the Xbox Series X is going to feel more like Zangief from Street Fighter, where the PlayStation 5 is going to feel more like Ryu, where the Xbox Series X is going to be the like they're focusing on power, where the where the PlayStation right. 5 and Mark Cerny was kept talking about removing bottlenecks, pulling speed, like making everything faster is going to be more that quicker, more agile one that's going to be able to move at a quicker uh, speed. I pulled a tweet here from uh, John Lineman from Digital Foundry. Uh, so to give it, give an idea here, he said the craziest thing about PS5 is the speed of the SSD. 5.5 gigabytes per second is just part of the story. There is a lot of custom silicone in there to ensure that the system isn't bottlenecked in other areas. It's really fast on paper, a lot faster than Xbox Series X even. And these are people who have had hands-on with the Xbox Series X at this point. Yeah, and it was really interesting when Mark Cerny was talking about, you know, from a, I mean, it goes back to what you talked about earlier, Alex, about field of view, and that you can have a console that's powerful enough to only render what you can see, and every time you turn, be able to render what's coming, mm-hmm. and, like, that is what they're working towards, and that is just, like, that is mind-blowing to think that, that we're going to have a console that is optimized in such a way that that's feasible. Like, yeah. that just... It blows my mind. One of the things that I thought was really interesting that Mark Sony was talking about, and it kind of goes into this, is just the way it's going to change the way that developers make games. That they don't have to mm-hmm. add these shortcuts in, that these like these hidden points of like where the level actually starts to load, and it's going to really change the way that yeah developers are going to be thinking about how they're going to make games. And yeah. no more I, elevators. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Or no, no more, more hidden loading screens either. No more piggybacking Ellie so she can go open a door for you because they needed that time to be able to load when they, on the other side when of When the they door. showed the screen from Jax 2 and what the level layout was <laughs> so they could load it properly yeah. to get everything through there, that was really a big... I think Mark Cerny has taken a lot of crap for this. Uh, presentation and just in terms of his presentation style but he's honestly one of the smartest people I've ever seen and I think he's solved a lot of problems that Microsoft probably didn't even think about when he really went into the structure of this yeah and if you think about it from a game dev perspective I, I would be interested in actually AJ when you do have a, con- a one-on-one with your game dev friend asking mm-hmm. him about these sort of pitfalls of game development and just thinking about the way that they're unblocking developers from these you know, age-old tropes of game design where they can just throw out the book and build what they want yeah. as opposed to having to build for the hardware limitations, which could be a game-changer when it comes to at least the exclusive games on the console. But we know mm-hmm. that everything is going to, from a third-party perspective, is going to play to a specific baseline, whether that is the PC, the Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series, whatever else comes down the road, or the PS5 remains to be seen because we haven't actually had these things in our houses yet that was a really long pregnant pause was there a specific yeah. reason to that or just no one had anything to say uh, yeah i don't think i don't think we had anything to add to that i was just like agreeing with you yeah i should oh. talk to my game dev friend yeah mm-hmm. that would be an interesting yeah. conversation to have yeah it would be i, I would be curious <laughs> i would be curious about that the other thing oh sorry go ahead go ahead no 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 nope. go ahead nope i have nothing to say cool the other thing that the internet tried to focus on is, oh, Xbox Series X is going to have 12 mm-hmm. teraflops. The PS5 is only going to have 10 point whatever. But IGN had a really interesting write-up comparing the two and that teraflops aren't really a measure of power. It's just a measure of how many computations a CPU can do. But talking through a lot of the optimizations that Mark Cerny and team have developed for the PS5, do we feel like 
this change, like this Zangief versus Ryu comparison is accurate or is it, or do we feel like it's going to skew one way or another? What is more important to, to these hosts here? Is it the, is it performance or is it power? I mean, I uh, speaking for myself, uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely performance. Like I don't care how a game looks if it's not running at, I mean, even 30 FPS is hard for me. If it's not running at least consistently at 30 or at 60, it's like genuinely noticeable and it ruins the experience for me. So performance is more than anything. I don't care how a game actually looks as long as like I'm not getting motion sickness by turning around in the game. So mm-hmm. that's definitely what's the what's more important for me. I, I, I guess I sort of fall in the middle because when it comes to that sort of thing, I don't mind like... When, when it comes to the hardware thinking about what it has to do next, I don't mind the 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 cutscenes of you know Ellie piggybacking on on Joel's back or anything like that because they have to load a scene or whatever. I don't mind waiting for that sort of stuff as long as it doesn't happen too often. Because um, if you think of something like GTA Five where it uh, it has the big load up front and then you don't really see another loading screen. Um, if it if it ha- if I have to wait for something like that, I don't mind. If I have to constantly like, uh, like back in the day where any door you would walk into in Skyrim on the 360, um, you know, it was a loading screen, and then you know, then it's going to be a problem for me. I mean, that's something I'm kind of going through right now with my addiction to the Division Two, and that that game does do an initial load up front where it loads in the whole open world. But anytime you fast travel, it has to do that again. Mm-hmm. Anytime you transition from the base location of Washington DC to New York for the New York expansion, that's a whole other load. And it's like, it's something that we've gotten used to in games, whether it be a loading screen or an initial load, but that initial load for the division two, even on my PS4 pro is a good two to yeah. three minutes. Like, wow. it is way oh, longer insane. than it should be. And hopefully these consoles are going to rectify a lot of, if not all of these problems, where rather than having to, you know, burden the player with these technical limitations, they can figure out smart ways around that using the custom I really wish the they'd showed the Spider-Man demo. That they talked... Yeah. God, that like, demo I know so it's good. been out there and they've shown it before, but I think having... Spider-Man running on a PS4 Pro versus Spider-Man running on the custom PS5 for, uh, hardware would have really probably given the presentation a, a little more pizzazz and I think what people were looking for potentially. I don't know if it would have helped completely, but it would have given something visually for people to see the difference. I agree with you there in that the presentation that Microsoft put out this week with all of these tech specs and demos of quick resume where you could quick quick swap between multiple games saved to memory and just doing a side-by-side comparison of loads for, I think mm-hmm. it was State of Decay 2. I could yes. be wrong. Yes, I didn't watch all the videos. I, I saw that one. Yes, it was. I think putting out those tangible, you know, observable experiences is definitely something that Sony lacked with the information yeah. they've put out for the PS5. And so the, from a marketing perspective, they're doing a piss poor job of this, but hopefully when it gets to, no, here's the reason they care about the PS5. Here are the games. Here's the UI. Here's how we're improving the downloads, the store, the whatever they're going to do. Because if you think about it, if we have a hard drive that's just over 800 gigabytes, 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 was a 100 gigabyte download. Mm-hmm. So if I don't expand that storage, I can roughly fit eight current-gen Call of Duty games on that console. Yeah, and who knows how big games are going to be when they start adding more and more. Exactly. become 4K, you know? like Although, proper 4K, 8K. Is so, there merit sorry, to say ahead. with the way that they can optimize the gameplay and the speed and the difference in loading that the games maybe won't need to be as large? I'm not a tech guy, so I don't know I don't if, know the answer to that question. I think from a technical perspective, whatever assets exist in the game yep. are still gonna have to be there on the disc. But what Mark Cerny talked about, the read and write from an SSD, only having to read specific like you can do all those reads and writes simultaneously versus on a disc where you have to spin the disc portion. and land on that specific, you know, chunk of data that you they can then load into on yeah. on system memory. So I think from a, a read-write perspective, we're going to see huge changes just from going to the SSD architecture. I think all the assets will still need to be there, but it'll be interesting to see how they resolve the downloads. Because right now, downloads on the PS4 are just awful. Just awful. Yeah. And if they can optimize that in such a way where you're only downloading the chunks of data you need to start a specific section of the game, let's say. Which mm -hmm. I know they already do in part, but... If they can really they? Op if they can really optimize that down and load every because the problem is there's a lot of shared assets across what are those you know vertical slices of a game, but mm -hmm. if they can really like optimize for that you know quick they, start they, whatever they're gonna call it then yeah it it would right. actually re redeem a lot of those you know failings of the current gen consoles. I gotta say that was one of the most frustrating things with yeah. Warzone waiting when you were waiting for it to download. And it said, oh, hey, it's ready to start. But all you could do is play this, like, small little tutorial mode in the base Modern Warfare game, yeah. not even the Warzone game type or anything like that. And it was it was obnoxious. Also, the fact that they made you download all of Modern Warfare uh, just to try and entice you to buy it. <laughs> it almost worked stupid. on you. Almost. Uh, but I gave <laughs> Still them might. Battle Pass money instead. I mean, you see this every year. Yeah, really. We'll we'll see we'll by see, the end we'll of the year. We'll see what kind of discount. Yeah, we'll see what kind of discounts they they give on it. Maybe it'll come to Game Pass. Who knows? Maybe I'll play it there. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on your Call of Duty addiction. But we do see this every year too with you know the new versions of most sports games. So NHL, MLB The Show, they usually pre-download what you can play. Like you can play the two previous championship teams in a, a quick match or whatever while you wait for the rest of the game to load or download. That for for a sports game, that's good and that's smart. That works. Yeah, and I feel like if there's a like if you can get it to a point where it is, yeah, we can we can download mm -hmm. the first two hours of this game in a sliver and download the rest of the assets after the fact. I think would be you know a very advantageous for whoever can come out first and say I yes. I just want them to tell us when the full game's downloaded versus a portion of the game's downloaded. The screen still it'll download that portion that's playable and it'll look like you just turn the game on and play where you have to click start and then go into the information to actually see how much left you still have or on the download screen to see it. Cause I remember way back in the day, downloading WWE 16 and I was like, Oh, we're ready to play. Go on. And then I turned it on and I could play one match type with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. And that's it. And I still had to wait like an extra hour or two. Yeah. Just, which is what we like, see from just tell me there's still more to go but hopefully it's more pinpointed to like you said here's the first two hours will you still download the rest yeah 
it would be nice if they can hit some specific standard across games because we really only see that when it comes to sports games right because with call of duty it was literally a two-minute tutorial that took an hour to download Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the game took like three but i feel like at least with some of those things it they might not do that just because it's uh, in cases like that it's really dependent on internet speed and how fast you can actually download the rest of the game because if you only give them such a small portion that's available and then they can get through it really quickly and in my case my internet's horrific and really bad and so uh, I will definitely get through that first hour before mm-hmm. the rest of the game is done downloading and so 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 theoretically what uh, my solution to that would be well if they if they divvied it up if there if there's the single player and the multiplayer or the tutorial or something like that let your let let the player choose what section they want to download first right so if if i want to you know if if there's a multiplayer function and it's going to take you know and it, it give me the values in in terms of size uh, as to what each section is so if i want to download the smallest chunk so i can play a little taste of it then you know let me do that um if you know if that happens to be the multiplayer and i can just run around in multiplayer for for a few hours while the the rest of the main story downloads then that'd be great too i know um halo mcc both on pc and on xbox actually does do that where every single one of the games you can choose whether or not you want to download the campaign or the multiplayer for those games and then it'll tell you how big each of those downloads are because if you only want to play Halo 3 multiplayer, you can only have Halo 3 multiplayer if you wanted to. Is that a, a, a hint at to what the, the future uh, Xbox and the Microsoft envisions? I hope so, but at the same time, I also feel like that might be just very specific to that game because that game has so many different parts like moving parts so it has like seven different engines all in the all in one package Mm -hmm. and it has all these different campaigns and all these different multiplayers that it could just be exclusive to that but i mean hopefully that they take some notes from that because i think it's a really smart way of doing it so i've got an article here pulled up from ign from joe scrabbles from october 9th 2019 where they get into a little bit of when the ps5 was initially first sort of revealed some of the technical details and Mark Cerny did say that the PS5 is going to be capable of customized downloads where if you only want the multiplayer, you can download just the multiplayer. Or if you, when you're done with the campaign, you could delete just the campaign. So it does sound nice. like they're going to get a little more granular. Whether or not yeah. that's something the third parties take advantage of remains to be seen. Because yeah. if it's something that's specific to only the PlayStation, they're not going to design their game just so you have this extra feature the, on the PlayStation. But first party that, games will definitely presumably support this feature that's something else that we didn't we didn't exactly look at in in terms of this this part of the subject it's you know yeah when you're done with the story let me delete the story so i can download other games if i still want to play some of the multiplayer at some point i can still jump in there and do that yeah which was mark cerny has has talked about that with regards to the ps5 yeah so we'll have to we'll have to see how well that works you know what i'm really that's a great idea I want to know how PSVR is going to run on this new system. It's oh, something that wasn't yeah, talked really about, and about I have too. to assume the screen. So the screen is what the screen is, and we can't fix like that. Can't get better, but there's going to be a significant increase in processing power here. So I'm just curious what that what that'll look like. 
Well, it's interesting, too, because they're essentially internalizing all of the extra horsepower that the standalone PSVR yeah. graphics processing unit did allow for and putting that into the system, essentially. Like, Mark Cerny did talk about that a bit in his presentation. So it will be interesting to see how they support PSVR on the PlayStation 5 and if maybe they release a new PSVR for the PlayStation 5 because it did come up multiple times in, in his talk. So I, it's not something that's going to just be, mm-hmm. you know, thrown out of the bathwater. They really do yeah. see a future in this platform, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. But the PSVR as it exists today does feel like more of a tech demo than anything else. They really do need to beef that up. So, so I'm, lo- I'm looking at that tech, the tech specs that you have there, and it specifically says, um, like the IGN tech specs that you have, the side-by-side comparison you posted, backwards compatibility, yeah. PlayStation well, 4, and they've and talked about PSVR PlayStation specifically. VR being backwards, okay. compatible, so, ba- I mean, being backwards compatible for a while now. It's just a question, do you still need that extra yeah. hardware processing box? Will it just connect directly into the PlayStation 5 and you don't need that? And what's the power boost you'd see from them taking advantage of the much faster speed and processors i think more than anything they're just gonna need to release a new headset at some point because yes like i i have no doubt that the current one will work and that it'll be a little bit better like you might be able to but because of how both low the refresh rate is on Mm -hmm. that headset i think it's like it's like 70 hertz or something which is it's not great it's really it's and it's like the the resolution of the screens is like 640 like it's compared to every other vr headset it's kind of horrible the only reason why psvr is doing so well is because it has the support of sony making the games for it which is really nice but they're gonna it's need also to release... much more accessible than that other too. vr is, headsets right it is yeah that's fair yeah it's a much cheaper that... cost of entry I think that's major reason. The games is yeah. part of it, but I think it's the price. To- that's that's also fair. Yeah, you're you're right. I just really hope that we see a new headset because I've been wanting to pick up a VR headset at some point, and I've been on the fence of whether or not I should get an Index or should get a PSVR. And just the the idea of having such a low resolution headset is really putting me off on that. Yeah. What do you think Xbox's answer to this is going to be? I don't think they're. Is it- I don't think they're concerned with it. They've talked yeah. pretty openly that they're just like that because they they recognize VR is a platform that they're just not really gonna support. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they got those mixed reality headsets. The uh, Microsoft does, yeah, like the Hololens and stuff, um, which uh, I haven't seen one recently, but I remember a few e- E3s ago they had that tech demo and stuff like that. And hearing people talk about that, it was like amazing. I Except remember for the. The fact that it was just this tiny window in front of your eye instead of a full view uh, heads-up display. I remember seeing something, I think, at some point in 2019 that they were releasing a newer model that was geared more so towards yeah. the industry. So I think they see it from more of an a, a, an industry perspective. Like, it is a, a work tool as opposed to being a consumer product. They, mm-hmm. But it remains to be seen if they release a consumer I model I believe they well. said they weren't going to release for it and that it was just going to stay... Just going to stay for the consumer market what what uh vr headset came with the xbox one controller in the box was it the oculus uh yeah it was the oculus yeah so so maybe maybe we see that you know it optional you can plug your oculus into it that's what i was thinking is like because the xbox series x is essentially a pc tower 
that it it is that with just its own like operating system basically that we might see maybe they might strike a deal with valve maybe they might strike a deal with oculus as well and like you might be able to plug in a one of those headsets into the mm -hmm. series x and i think that would be a really cool middleman situation of this of like maybe microsoft doesn't specifically focus on it but they give the option to developers to be able to release vr games on their platform yeah i could see them potentially partnering with someone else as long as they feel like the specs of the xbox series x or maybe it is an xbox series vr that comes out that has the specific hardware capability to support let's say whatever oculus has at the time or, or hdc or valve who yeah, I knows i don't think it's something they're going to do themselves it would be a partnership before it's anything else so i think just to round out this discussion i think it's been very productive i feel like we've talked a lot about what we want out of next gen but i just want to go around the table one last time and everyone just give the one thing they need out of these next gen consoles whether it's one or both of them to really sell them on the need to move to next gen because these are consumer products if we don't see something we really want why would we spend that money just to be part of the conversation so I want to start with uh, with you, Nathan. So what do you need out of next gen to really sell you on why this is a vast improvement over current gen consoles? I need to see the load times come down. I think that's the biggest thing. That's the what I've been promised as Mark Cerny's done these wider interviews for a little while. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Obviously, we want to see a power increase with every generation, but we're never going to have that um, Super Nintendo to N64 moment. Again, we're never going to see that generational jump. So now it's all going to be small steps, and that's the step we need to see next. Okay. Alex, what is the one thing you need from next gen? What is that next big step? What I'm going to say, I mean, I could take like the really obvious answer, but I'm not going to. My answer is the background processing that's going to be in these games. Things like... Things like um, like with a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, they really kind of promised and didn't exactly deliver on this idea of like you can have agency over the world and what you do matters and what you do will affect how people see you. And that's what they're promising with something like Cyberpunk and something like uh, Dying Light 2. And I really want to see that come to fruition, that they have the processing power to be able to actually meaningfully affect games by the decisions that you make that like are going to be actual impactful decisions to like the world and how characters perceive you that it's not just like surface level i want to see it really like become and like an integral part of how games are developed of like things can change drastically depending on how you play i want to make it i want to see it be a more a more like um yeah more impactful decisions and more impactful processing all right AJ, what is the one next-gen feature that sells you on next-gen? On next-gen in general, um, I think for me it's the ability to game anywhere that seems to be promised from anything. You know, from my uh, buying of Stadia stuff and needing to try and justify it, um, I, I just find myself in a place in my life where I don't necessarily have the 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 full desire you know except this week with warzone and everything to sit in front of my uh couch sit in front of my tv on my couch uh and just playing a game for hours on end sometimes i want to just pick up 
pick up my my couch game anywhere and and put a put a 15 minutes into it like or whether it be my you know picking up my switch and being able to play around a smash but being able to do that with any other game that i have um you know that that's sort of the promise uh that they seem to be hinting at right now that i want to see them take take further into the the next generation all right and for me i know i've said this many times on this show but it's all about the games we need to see not even just sequels to games we already know and love i want to see what playground games or what naughty dog or what ninja theory are able to do with this new optimized hardware from a first party perspective and really deliver on experiences that we couldn't have gotten on the current gen consoles that's what's going to really sell next gen to me is seeing something that's just an eye-opening moment of this couldn't exist anywhere other than Mm -hmm. the series x or the ps5 and i think with that we can wrap up this round table so as we recorded this actually and this is more so geared towards alex than anyone else because this will be well old news by the time this show actually comes out breaking news exclusive doom eternal is releasing a day early at gamestop (gasps) why did i buy this on pc (laughs) no no no. but we'll we'll have to we'll have to see maybe pc will unlock it earlier because of this you never know i hope so So. I've got it pre-downloaded right now. I literally, like, as that got posted on Discord, I went and checked. I went and checked because I would have hung up right now and just went to go play it. It is not available right now, though. Out of of social distancing concerns, they didn't want to have two large game launches on the same day and have too many people in their stores. So they've decided that they're going to release Doom Eternal on Thursday and (laughs) Animal Crossing New Horizons on Friday. Good job, GameStop. And it remains to be seen how that impacts Canada, but I figured Alex needed to know that before we wrapped up this show. <laughs> well, it doesn't even affect me anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make you feel bad. That's all. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe maybe I'll be able to pick it up on Stadia at some point. <laughs> you'll I be won't getting even it have by to next install week. it. I can just stream it. We'll you, have to wait and see. Yeah. Next week, you'll, you'll let yeah, us know. Yeah, we'll, we'll report back next week. Yeah, we'll have a lot to say about Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal next week, but... For this week, where can everyone find you guys? AJ? Uh, you can find me uh, all over the internet. Uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I am at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. Alex, where are you on the interwebs? Uh, on Instagram, I am blatantly Alex. And on Twitter, I am blatantly underscore Alex. Nathan, Mr. HR himself, where are you? Find me at the underscore edmac. I got a bunch of reviews coming, some games I can't talk about yet, but I'm looking forward to having some discussions coming soon. Sounds like a plan. And in terms of myself, you can find me on most of the socials at Mr. Mitch George. And you can also follow some of my endeavors for Kind of Funny Toronto. We're planning some fun stuff while we're social distancing from one another, so be sure to check that out Ooh. if uh, it, it pertains to you. And with that being said... Oh, wait, before we leave, the Kazina Direct. Yes. Kazina 4 Kind of Funny Direct. Please go check check out Alex's, or Cozy's... Too many Alex's on this show, goddammit. Go check out... Three of us. (laughs) 
<laughs> go check out Cozy's uh, Cozina for kind of funny direct that he'll be streaming or had streamed on Twitch, which he will presumably share via all of his social channels, which will still be in the show notes for this show. And I don't want to say them now because I don't want to mess them up. <laughs> With that being said, thanks for playing. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Later. <laughs>